Welcome to the When God Calls podcast. I am your host, Michael McCaskill, public servant, lay servant, and cancer survivor. Each episode, you will hear motivational stories from people whose lives have been changed by serving others. Along the way, you'll get tips and strategies that you can use to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for listening. Now let the journey continue. Rory Mott was born in Fort Pierce, Florida, and lived in Brandon and Lakeland before moving to Perry, a small forestry town in the Big Bend of Florida. He worked hard and made a living as a maintenance man at the local hospital. He also had a side business as a handyman where he spent most of his spare time helping people with odd jobs around their homes. The folks in town loved him, and if it needed to be fixed or replaced, they called Rory. Cindy met Rory in January of 1986. In June of that year, Cindy asked Rory to marry her in the parking lot of a Tom's Foods while he was on his lunch break. Valentine's Day, 1987, they were married, something neither one of them ever planned to do again. Rory already had a son named Chris, and in August of 1989, Drew was born. Something Cindy never planned to do, ever. But God had different plans for them. When I asked Cindy, Chris, and Drew to describe Rory in one word, their answers varied, yet were similar. They used words like thoughtful, selfless, talented, and a joy. When Cindy took computer classes at the local vocational technical college, every now and then, when she would get to her car from classes, Rory would have lined up Hershey Kisses on her door handle letting her know he loved her and supported what she was doing. At Christmas one year, Rory created a 50-foot Christmas tree using a large pine tree and Christmas lights in the front yard. He also outlined the whole house with Christmas lights. Rory wasn't much on putting up lights, but he did it because Drew wanted him to do it. When Chris was dating his wife, Tracy, she had two young children. When they brought the children to buy to meet Rory, he met them in the driveway, got down on his knees, and said, Hey, I'm Papa, and gave them all a big hug. When Chris was a young boy, he lived about four hours away from Rory. When it was Rory's time to get Chris, he would work all day, and then drive the four hours down to get Chris, and then the four hours back. He never missed a time and was at most of Chris's school and sports events. He built Cindy an oasis off the back of the house just for her. He spent weeks building it. He wanted it to be perfect, a perfect place for her. You may be thinking Rory was just doing this with his family. Well, that thought couldn't be farther from the truth. Rory found out that a young lady in town was in a pickle. She lived in a house that just didn't have enough room for her and her young children. So what does Rory do? He closes in her garage and creates another bedroom and bathroom. He was a handyman and could do anything. 
he used his talents to help a young woman in need, and he only charged her enough money to give her a sense of pride and accomplishment. My first real memory of Rory was one summer when my family and I went to St. George Island off the coast of Apalachicola, Florida, for a week. The first morning there, my wife and I walked down to the beach. As we were looking at the water, I saw a man with an anchor tethered to a long rope with loops tied every couple of feet in one hand and a stack of five-gallon buckets and a shovel in the other. He walked out into the water with the anchor and dropped it in the sand on the bottom of the gulf and tied a float to one of the loops on the rope. He walked back into the beach and we met him there. I asked him, what was he doing with that anchor and rope? He replied with a grin, The ladies love to float, and I don't want them floating away from me. Made sense, so I turned to the buckets and shovel. What are you going to do with these, I asked. He handed me the shovel and said, Dig a hole right here and put the sand in this bucket. Wanting to see where this was going, I began to dig. I filled up the first bucket, and he lowered the bucket into the hole. He said, Now pile sand in the hole around the bucket and make sure you leave the handle up. When I finished, I asked, So why are we doing this? He said, You don't want your tent to blow away, do you? We're going to use these buckets as ties for our tents. Genius. I'm Rory, he said as he hugged my wife. You'd better be good to her. I didn't take that as a request. In 2012, Rory was diagnosed with brain cancer. He considered it a blessing because of all the doctors, nurses, patients, and other people he met during his illness. He felt blessed to have them in his life. After his diagnosis, Roy's Christian service grew. He couldn't wait to be an usher. Something that used to cause him such anxiety on Sunday now was a joyful experience for him. He also loved to help out on the Wednesday night suppers by cleaning tables and helping out in any way he could. He wanted to be sure that those who couldn't get up and down very easily didn't have to worry about their plates when they finished eating. And he shared his faith with anyone who would listen. Sometimes you almost had to drag him out of the store if he was talking to somebody. He wanted everyone to know how God had blessed his life, even in what most people would see as their darkest time. Rory jumped at every chance to be in a drug trial during his sickness, His thoughts were, why wouldn't I do this? Someone had to do it before me so that I could get the drugs I'm getting now. Rory's pay-it-forward attitude is intoxicating, making you want to do better. When he had to discontinue the trials, he was devastated. He didn't want to give up the trials that helped others who would come after him. He was also upset the day he finished radiation treatments. Something that most people would be ecstatic to finish... He was sad. He had a deep bond with his doctor, and now that he wouldn't see her again, really made him upset. Roy's battle with cancer ended in 2014. But in his year-and-a-half battle, he taught us all how to live as better Christians. Rory's servant heart lives on in his family. Chris is a law enforcement officer serving people, while Drew is a corrections officer doing the same. Cindy leads a Bible study group for widowed women, something that she has been doing since about two years after Rory's death. 
Rory's pay-it-forward attitude lives on in all who knew him. But the most important thing that we remember, and the thing that Rory would want us to remember, is that God was his anchor, and it must be ours also. I don't think his contraption to keep the ladies from floating off or his buckets to keep the tents from flying away are happenstance. I think they are symbols of Rory's accomplishments for God, each one connected to a loop in the rope of Rory's life that was tied to his anchor. What about you? Is your life tied to the one and only anchor? Are you living for him? If you are struggling with that and you need an example, look no further than Rory Mock. He lived his life with God as his anchor, and his legacy is also living on as all of us who knew him have God as our anchor. Well,